Marine veteran Alex Jarbo is developing micro resorts. Coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Have you tried Navy Federal's car buying experience? I highly recommend it. You won't have a better car buying experience. Check them out at NavyFederal.org slash carbine. All right, we're talking with Marine Corps veteran Alex Jarbo from Sargon Investments. Alex, uh, we were talking before we uh, hit the record button. You got some great things to talk about. Really looking forward to I got a lot of personal questions about what you're doing myself. So before we get to doing that, take us back. Tell us what you did in the Marine Corps. Yeah, so um, I, I was a 0311 by trade. Um, and so I uh, did not did all the, the fun stuff with the 0311. And then I got selected to actually go to 8th and I. So my, my entire, it was originally supposed to be two years, but my entire time in the Marine Corps was at 8th and I. Um, was in charge of the 21 gun salute team for the Marine Corps at towards the very end there. Um, and then by the time I got out, we'd done like 300, 350 funerals and about more than half of those were with the 21 gun salute team. Cause wow. the, the tempo of that is ridiculous. I mean, we were doing, if it was our week to be at Arlington cemetery, I mean, we would do like anywhere between like three to five funerals a day. Um, but it's a, a very humbling experience. Cause I mean, you get to meet a, real, a lot of really cool people and just, just saw that entire world of the Marine Corps. And then we also did the, the Friday night parades and all that fun mm-hmm. stuff as well. Tuesday night parades at Iwo Jima Memorial. Um, so that was mainly what I did. And then I went through, um, I went through my advanced courses as well. Um, when I, when I became a corporal, um, and I picked up Sergeant as well. Um, but towards, towards the lat, like I did, a, I did an extension cause my unit wanted me to stay for an extra six months. And during that six months is really where I like started to think about, did I actually want to stay in, um, I'd went up for MARSOC selection. I made it through, but I didn't get selected. And that was one of the reasons why I'd actually joined the military. Um, and w- after that, that's where I started thinking about actually getting out. Um, and at the time I got engaged and it was like, did I, did I want to get engaged and get married while going through a transition or did I want to stay in my, my wife necessarily didn't really, or at the time my fiance didn't, we, we were long distance, but we, like, I didn't know if she was ready for me to sort of us get married and then immediately me go to a new unit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just started researching and looking into different stuff, whether it be like um, I looked in the stock market and real estate investing sort of caught my eye. So I dove pretty deep into that world on my free time. Um, and then I joined some sort of like mastermind mentorship where I spent like a grand or two just to be a part of a course. And one of the mentors that was part of that was telling me about, um, about short-term rentals. And that's sort of how I got into short-term rentals. Um, but backing up a little bit in between all that stuff. Um, so I, I was, I was also going to school while I was in the military, just using tuition assistance and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had about, three quarters of my bachelor's degree completed by the time I got out. Um, and during, I mean, the GI bill helped so much, like just give me some leeway time and trying to figure out what exactly I wanted to do. Cause I, when I did get out, I I moved, I I figured out where I wanted to go because I'm not originally from the city I like operate in right now. Um, but that was, that was a tough 
that was a tough transition trying to, because what I've seen with a lot of my friends is they'll try like 30 different things getting out and they don't really necessarily have a plan. Um, and I had a plan to a point, but you gotta, you gotta like that. You gotta understand that that plan is going to be constantly changing. Um, but so I got my real estate license and while I was trying to figure out the short-term rental stuff, the real estate stuff, um, I got my, I finished my bachelor's, got my MBA in real estate development, and I'm currently finishing up a doctorate in business. But, um, I tell a lot of my friends, which is crazy. It's like some people will get out and not do anything. They won't even use their GI bill. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's like, it's like, well, at least least while you're sitting around, like get your degree. Like that's the, that's, that's, that's huge. Huge. Yeah. It's like, Hey man, I'm, I'm like struggling to like, like pay my bills. I'm like, just go get a degree right now and just they'll pay for it. But, like, but then they would have to study or read. Oh something. my God. <laughs> Can you imagine? I <laughs> know. Uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I, I, I so the, that whole mentorship I got involved in uh, while I was in the Marine Corps, so that the mentor, the mentor that was assigned to me sort of helped me um, decide. I, he had some short term rentals and he helped me decide on a market um, and just figure out a market. And then from there, moved here, did the real estate thing for about a year. I didn't enjoy it too much, to be honest. Um, cause I was helping people find, but I learned a lot. Like I was helping people find short-term rentals and stuff, but I, I didn't enjoy driving around and stuff like helping like one person look at 20 properties and then decide not to buy or something. Um, yeah. but so I got into, I, I started looking for a short-term rental for myself. Um, and just everything that I, um, that we looked at was either, too expensive or it wouldn't do good as a short-term rental. It would do well as a long-term rental. Mm -hmm. Like it was just a normal looking house, but I didn't feel like at the time, and especially now it it wouldn't do good as a short-term rental. So we decided my very first real estate investment was a real estate development um, where we built like an A-frame cabin that we own to this day. Um, And then one turned into two, two turned into four. And right now we're developing 24 of them. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. The short-term rental thing is really interesting. Uh, we were talking before, before we started, um, we, we just have one condo on the beach in Florida and it, it really changed my entire perspective on real estate. Cause years ago I was doing the invest in a house, rent it back to somebody and the house flipping thing. And it was just one catastrophe, one Royal pain after another. And the whole short term yeah. rental thing, it just kind of like dawned on me one day when I had like five rental houses I'd collected moving around the military that, like, man, I, I feel like I work for the renter. You know, it should be the other way around. The renter should be working for me. But, um, you know, somehow you get a professional renter in there and they really know how to work it. And right, how, how much trouble can somebody be if they only rent your place for a week and, and they're hanging out in a vacation destination or something like that? So, And a lot of times, and we were talking about that ex- exactly like what you said, is like how much pain can they be? And also they're not in the property long enough if there are – some maintenance things that need to be done that aren't <laughs> yeah. like catastrophic. They're in, they're not in the property long enough to realize any of those things either. Yeah. And, and like, if, okay, if this, they happen to see him, they're like, well, I'm out of yeah. here in a week anyways or something. You know? Yeah. It's like, Oh, the sink drips a little bit. Okay. They'll be gone in three days and they, they never complain about it. So, right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Matter of fact, we have with our condo, we have friends or family, something they're staying there. We're like, Hey, if you notice anything that's wrong, let Absolutely. us know. Cause we, we almost, we don't know if something's going wrong unless we stay there ourselves once in a while. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a totally different dynamic, the whole short term rental. And, and with, uh, with Airbnb and VRBO, you know, coming on, 
that's changed the short-term rental market. I mean, it almost created a short-term rental market, those two platforms by themselves. So it's a much easier thing to, to deal with and manage these days. Yeah. And I'll say for people who are like actually looking to get into that stuff, I mean, people, people are way ahead. Like there, there are, when I started, there was like one book on this topic. Um, and now there's like books, um, bigger pockets pushes out a lot of good stuff as well. Like I'm a writer for bigger pockets for people who don't know what that is. Like, that's how I started just reading stuff on bigger pockets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- there's so much good information out there on like Airbnb, VRBO, and just how to rent out your property now. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, you know, good on you for while you're on active duty, using tuition assistance to be three fourths of the way done with a bachelor and then continuing on after that. I mean, um, you know, a lot of guys in the military, they're like, ah, I hated school. I don't want to do it or whatever. But, you know, if you go back to school after you've been in the military for four years, it's, you, you might find you do a lot better at it than, or you like it more than you did the first time. Even if you hate, even if you hated your time in the military, like you you were used to structure, some sort mm-hmm. of structure. So that yeah, that's what gives you an advantage. Man, I remember when, so, I mean, I, I was, I was a squad leader and, uh, I remember I took my entire squad in when we had like a couple hours, uh, into a room and I, I everyone had their laptops with them. And I was like, all right, everyone's going to, like everyone's going to sign up for a bachelor's degree right now. And it was through American military university where like you didn't, you you just submit your joint service transcript and they'll essentially just give you like, I mean, uh, 20 credits right off the bat. Mm -hmm. So remember I got my whole squad in, I was like, everyone's going to sign up for a degree right now. And so like they put, they walked him, I walked him through the joint service transcript. I was like, just choose a degree. You can change it down the road, whatever. And they submitted their joint service transcript. And I was like, all right, congratulations. Everyone's a sophomore in college now. (laughs) (laughs) How many of them, how many of them closed the deal? Uh, I think four of them, like after like I got out, like we're continuing like with doing it. Like even before I got out, like they, they stuck with it. Like four out of 12 guys I felt considered, I considered that a success. Oh yeah, man. That's phenomenal. Man. Everybody could only hope to have a squad leader like that. That's great. Yeah. I, I went from the first time ever. Um, I went to eighth and I last summer and of course it rained. So we got the inside version. Yeah. So I still yeah, haven't, yeah. I still haven't gotten the outside evening parade, um, X in the box, but, uh, do plan on doing what is the inside point. in the, uh, in the gymnasium. No, it was in the, um, it was the, in the room off to the side of the parade deck. Um, I don't, that got wasn't it. the gymnasium. No, it was a really nice, it was like a reception room or something like that. Got it. Real nice Got room, uh, which the inside version was really cool, but it's not nearly as cool as the full. Print. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. Your entire, you know, four year enlistment was, you know, yeah, they kept, camping. they kept me there. Cause it's usually two years and then mm-hmm. they, they keep the squad leaders there for the full time, mm-hmm. which at the time I thought was a weird thing, like a bad thing. But I mean, I, I learned so much more my, my other two years because like, I don't think I would have been sent to my advanced course if I, if I didn't stay there. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. And then, so where did the foresight or what was it that triggered you when you were in the Marine Corps that, Hey, I'm going to get a degree. And, and then you got, you got interested in this real estate thing. And all of a sudden you started seeing opportunity outside the Marine Corps. I know you mentioned they had the fiance, but there, there must've been something that, some vision you had of getting out and what you were going to do. Cause a lot of guys just get out and then they're like, wow, now do I do, but you, your motivation for getting out was you had a plan. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's like you do need that plan. It's like it's, some people, I think the big the biggest thing, and I'm, I'm really happy I'm talking about this because, again, like with, with other platforms, you can't really, people can't re- really relate. But I, I think that first year out of the military is probably the toughest thing you're going to go through, if even if you do have a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always said it, especially with guys who, are used to having some sort of, I mean, even you say, even if you hate your squad or whatever, blah, 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 you're so, you might not even realize it, but you're so used to that structure that's mm-hmm. there. You're so used to the group that's there as well. And then you just, you essentially cut yourself off from that completely. Um, you, you do have that support system, even if you don't like it, like, like your, your unit for the most part does take care of you, even if they're taking care of you in a way that you don't like. Um, <laughs> that's but, so true. So, so that's the biggest thing is guys cut them, cut themselves away from a group like that. Um, but going back to like where the foresight came from, um, I mean, once I did decide to get out, I mean, I was just seeing what I've, I, I talked to so many different veterans that like, that want to get into business. That's sort of the normal thing is like mm-hmm. business is sort of the top and then some other things below that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, maybe it's just the way I operated, but I mean, I wasn't just going to leave the military with nothing because it, to me, it was like, I need to find something that's better than what I did in the military, which I really, I really enjoyed my time at eighth and I, um, mm-hmm. and I was, I was set up. I, w- I was set like, I was set up pretty well with the different courses that I was sent to in my third and fourth year, uh, in the military to, to do really well in my second enlistment. Um, so to me, it was more the, where the foresight came from was if, if I am getting out of the military, I need to find something or work on something that's better than what's already been set up for me. Cause I'm practically starting, I'm not starting from ground zero, but I'm starting from pretty much nothing. Cause I'm going into a new city that I don't know. And I yeah. Mean, yeah, that's awesome. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And, uh, when we come back, um, you're, you're actually work, working on a, like a 650 unit development at the moment. So we're, our goal is to get to 650. Okay. Yeah, we can talk and about these that. are like some yeah. kind of cabins that you're working yeah. on? Okay, awesome. All right, we'll take a quick break. And we'll be right back. The tech industry has figured out that veterans make great coders. Have you ever thought about getting into coding? Now's the time to get into coding. Start learning to code anywhere, anytime with Sabio, online and from the comfort of your own home. Sabio is a coding boot camp and developer community it's been helping veterans become successful software engineers since 2013. There are so many job opportunities in tech right now. It's been a successful new career path for so many veterans. In just 17 weeks, Sabio teaches you the skills you need to start a real high-paying tech job. And helping you find a job is part of the program. How great is that? I can see why they've been voted the best coding boot camp by Course Report five years in a row. Students graduate from boot camp at Sabio with real-life experience and the confidence to succeed. Their alumni are working at some of the most innovative companies all over the world, like Google, Amazon, Microsoft, Activision. The bootcamp is taught remotely, so you can start learning wherever you are. Plus, Sabio is extremely affordable. They offer a variety of scholarships to help with tuition, and you can enroll with your VA benefits. GI Bill up! Learning to code with Sabio can take your career to the next level. Visit sabio.la slash on the move to learn how you can use your VA benefits to enroll at Sabio, sabio.la slash on the move. Don't wait. Make sure you go to sabio.la slash 
on the move today to learn more. When you become a member of Navy Federal Credit Union, life gets better. We've bought a lot of cars over the years, and I can tell you, Navy Federal's car buying experience is the best experience I've had. They've created a fully loaded car buying experience. You can finance, buy, protect, and enjoy your auto purchase all from one convenient place. They have pre-approval. It's good for 90 days, so you know what you can afford while you shop. They offer great auto loan rates. You can shop for new and used cars with Navy Federal's car buying service powered by TrueCar. You can also get exclusive member savings with Carfax, SiriusXM, and more. They're always available with 24-7 member service representatives to answer any questions. Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash carbine. Credit and collateral subject to approval. Navy Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Are you ready to start doing some travel again? Did you know that there's a leisure travel website that was made just for you and your family members that can save you money on travel, plus support your military community at the same time? American Forces Travel is committed to providing high quality and best value travel services to patrons affiliated with the Department of Defense as a way to thank them for their service and dedication to our country. American Forces Travel is a DOD partnership with Priceline, made exclusively for active duty, reservists, veterans, and DOD civilians. You can save up to 50% off hotels, flights, rental cars, and more. You can even find and purchase event tickets to the site. On top of that, Travel company commissions go to your service branch to be reinvested into your military community. Check out American Forces Travel at VeteranOnTheMove.com slash travel to see for yourself. That's American Forces Travel at VeteranOnTheMove.com slash travel. All right, back talking with Marine Corps veteran Alex Jarbo from Sargon Investments. So, Alex, let's get into the nitty gritty of what you're doing with real estate and uh, short-term rentals. You're trying to get built up to as many as 650 uh, units, cabins uh, around the U.S. So tell us what that's all about. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the what I realized with building our first six of them is um, I realized there's a need in, in the short-term rental space for like these unique cabins. I like to say Instagrammable properties. <laughs> yeah. um, and the reason being is like, I mean, we, we constantly have people who are sending us pictures that they're posting on their social media. It's almost like free marketing for us. But um, I've, I've realized that I want to build properties that are experiences in themselves. So it's like we're still investing in really good markets that are like scenic and people like to travel to. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, like during what I've realized is during the slow seasons, because every market has a slow season. Um, that the unique properties sort of do better in the slower season because people are still staying in the unique property. Um, so yeah, it's just once we built those first six, I, I saw a need for them. So what I started to do was put together these, uh, I call them micro resorts, anywhere between like twelve to or sorry six to twelve cabins, and then uh, we just started raising capital for those. Um, so like we take on partnerships and investors. Um, we take on the money from them and then they, it's completely passive on their end. Mm -hmm. And then, um, we just do all the work and manage it after it's built. And then we hold them for a long time. It's like a 10 year hold. It's, we're not looking to flip. Um, I've realized with development and I'm sure you've realized with like flipping, um, I've never been a fan of flipping because it's like, I understand it's like a quick buck, but it's like you put six to 12 months into a property and then you flip it. It's like completely get rid of it. It's like with the development, it's anywhere between 12 to 18 months. It's like, I don't want to put that much work into a property. It's like, great. I could get a huge payday here, but in the long term, it's going to wait, it's going to make way more money and tax write off and all these different things as well. 
Right. Yeah, absolutely. So these, these, uh, what did you call them? Micro. Micro uh, resorts. Micro yeah. resorts. Yeah. I haven't heard that term. That's, that's kind of cool. So with these micro resorts, like you typically, or is there a typical, like you find a little chunk of land, you're like, Oh, this would be a great place for six to 12 cabins. And then you just yep. raise some money and build six to 12 cabins and yeah, so that's what, uh, so a good example, we just, uh, in February of this year, we built, uh, or not built, we purchased a 15 acre parcel, um, and we're putting six cabins on that one. And then eventually we're going to do 10. It's just six is what the investor was comfortable with. And with these like smaller projects, I do like to do, um, I do like to do like, uh, like one investor, or maybe if it's like a group of guys that all know each other, mm-hmm. I've, I've done that in the past, but it's usually just one investor putting up the money for that, uh-huh. um, just to make it simpler. Um, for some of the larger stuff I have planned, like I do want to purchase some like boutique hotels and everything in, in different cities. That's probably where I'll be pulling together capital, um, for multiple investors. Okay. And so do these, um, do they have like on-site managers typically, or are they just all VRBO or BNB yeah, type of so, thing or what? Yeah, that's a really good question. So that's another thing that I, I probably spent a year on is really thinking about and talking to different people about, um, just to keep one cost low, but two, um, I, I, everything that we build, I try not to have an on-site manager for, mm-hmm. um, I had, I had stayed in new Orleans and there's a company called Sonder and Sonder is like one of the biggest, uh, operators on Airbnb, they have like 30,000 units and, um, they will go into like an apartment complex and essentially sublease the entire building and convert it into like a, essentially a boutique hotel, but it's contactless. Everything is done through e-locks. Everything's done through like, the, the guest checks themselves in. And personally, especially after COVID, I've realized that people tend to go that route anyways. Um, uh. You do get a different type of guest when you're doing that. It's not like a completely luxury type of guest. Yeah. Um, but I've realized that I can have these, when I go into a market, like with my, let's take for example, my market, say we have like five or six of these six to 12 cabin communities, you can have one on boots on the ground manager that is in an office somewhere in the market that can go to each one of these if, if a problem happens, but they don't necessarily have to be on site, especially with like maintenance issues. A lot of these, all these properties are brand new construction. So they don't really have too many maintenance issues. Even at the nine year nine mark, they're not going to have like a crazy amount of maintenance issues. Sure. Um, and then my boots on the ground is, is, is more, is more like my cleaning company um, that I don't, it's just a cleaning company that manages other short-term rentals as well. Um, But if anything's usually wrong with the property, the cleaning company will usually spot it. And then I just reach out to a part-time maintenance person to take care of everything else. Yeah. So the, the management and holding costs are very, very inexpensive. Yeah. It's like, I, it's like, what were my, it's like, instead of, cause I, I did, I got to play with that idea for a while. Should I hire an onsite manager for each one of these properties? Right. And it's like, it's almost like it's a manager on duty. It's almost like I thought of it like duty, like person who's just going around and making their rounds to all the properties, yeah. uh, maybe like once every couple of weeks, just to make sure everything's good to go. But what I realized is my cleaning companies in the properties three or four times a week, like turning them over or right. maybe two or three times a week, they're going to find stuff that that's already the boots on the ground. They can make, they could do their inspections without me having, or without me having to hire a manager for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, do, do the cleaner cleaners do a pretty good job with that? Yeah. 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 They have a, they have a, a pretty short checklist of things that they inspect. Um, uh-huh. Not necessarily inspect, but it's just things that catch their eye if it's broken. And then on top of that, 
we just the way our messaging is set up. Our guests will tell us if something is wrong after they check out as well. Okay. Um, Cause we ask for like a five-star review and then we tell them like after their stay, if, if there's anything you recommend, just like how we talked about before, mm-hmm. if, if there's anything you recommend that we add, if anything was wrong, please let, please let us know. Yeah. And then that usually will get fixed as well that way. Yeah. And how do you go about looking for the land? Um, do, do people yeah. come to you with land or? Yeah. So we, I mean, I, I use a, 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 an agent that's well-versed in land, like purchasing and selling land. Um, so I just use a real estate agent. I could use myself. Um, but I realized that that expert, like someone who just specifically deals in land development and land purchasing, they're going to be able to spot stuff that I just haven't run into yet. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just, again, real estate agents are paid for usually from the selling side. So I don't pay any money out of pocket for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're able to find enough opportunities that way as far as where to build. Yeah. It got, I, I mean, obviously it was very competitive during COVID, but us going through this downturn, I mean, there, there are some really good deals that are finally starting to hit the market now that it's like the sticker price is not like shocking. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you, de- how do you determine a level of uniqueness? Is it just uh, you know, cabin in the woods or it's got to have something, some other allure to it? Every, every area is unique, man. So like when, when you're thinking about like different markets, I like to think I like in, in the course that I put together, I think about, I talk about what do you like, what's unique to your area? So if you're in a desert market, so like let's take two extremes. So like I'm in Asheville, North Carolina, which is in the mountains, it's in the woods. So that's one extreme. The other extreme is going to be something like Joshua tree in like California where you have like the desert where like the, these blocky modern contemporary properties do really well. Mm-hmm. So when I think about unique, I think about like, I mean, you can find unique properties in your market by just Googling it. But I think of unique as like, I think a log cabin is pretty timeless. Like you can put a log cabin in the woods. You can put a log cabin in the mountains. Mm-hmm. You can put a log cabin in Northern Michigan and it would do fine. Um, so cabins, a frames are doing really well. Um, and then something like, it, it, it might not necessarily be the structure. It could be like the the way the property is designed on the inside. I don't have an eye for that. My wife has an eye for interior design. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can put like a really cool trend that I'm seeing right now is like murals, like murals on the outside of the property, murals on the inside of the property. Mm-hmm. And you can pay someone like a thousand or two thousand and put that in your construction budget. And uh, that that is what I consider Instagrammable. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so... How did you, how did you find your way into this niche? Yeah, it's just, I mean, I was just, just really researching, man. Um, like again, it came out of necessity when I first built my first property, I was like, okay, if I built my first property was like a one bedroom, one bath, it was tiny. It was like an 830 square foot house. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was an A-frame and I was like, if I'm, if I'm going to build one, at least I'm going to build one to something that I think is unique. Um, log cabins were just crazy expensive. They still are. Um, so I just gravitated towards the A-frame and I'm just, honestly, if you start looking around now, like there's a lot of like A-frames are doing really well right now, mm-hmm. but that, that's how I found my niche was just out of necessity because I couldn't find anything in the market. Yeah. And has it been a problem, uh, finding investors to help fund some of your deals? Investors? No. Um, but obviously finding the tradesmen, uh, like just with the work, it's getting better. Mm-hmm. And definitely. But during COVID it was aggressive. I mean, people were just asking whatever they wanted to in terms of like construction costs. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was truly all over the board, but especially with us going through this downturn, it, in my opinion, it is getting better. Like this correction, like it's, it's a truly a correction. Like it's, I'm, we're, we're having subs contact us 
and uh, com- compared to the other way around uh-huh. now, which is, yeah, which is that, good. That's a big change. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you have a lot of your uh, military folks, military buddies, always asking you how to get yeah, into this yeah. kind of business and how you how you go about doing things. Yeah, so that's that's where um, I I mean at least once a week, like my my some one of my friends is asking me like oh, oh I'd love to get into this and blah blah blah, and uh, so I decided to put a complete course together. I mean it's a relatively cheap course. I didn't want to make it like crazy expensive, but mm-hmm. um, I put together a course uh, that literally. I created the course that I wish I had when I started. That's essentially the way I thought about it. I was like, create the cool. course that if you just got out of the military, like you, the, what is the one, if you had one thing to sort of guide you through this journey, if you're trying to get into it, mm-hmm. um, that that's what I created. Um, and it's, it's like 120 videos. Um, it's literally uh, the most in-depth thing that I found on, on the thing. And yeah. I also taught, there's also a management course that's attached to it that comes with it as well. So what do you do once it's actually built? What are the tools that you use? How to find the people? I put that all out. There's workbooks and everything in there. Um, yeah, I mean that, I would, like, videos, if wow, I had that depth. course, if I had that course, I probably would have saved like 150 grand at this point. <laughs> like, so yeah. that, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. So how do we find the course? Yeah. So the course is going to be on my website, uh, alexjarbo.com, A-L-E-X-J-A-R-B-O.com. Uh, and then you, you, um, you can, that the, my personal website takes you to my YouTube channel, but it's also going to take you to the, the, where you can purchase the course. Essentially uh-huh. the YouTube channel touches on some of the stuff, but like in depth in sequential order with okay. workbooks and everything you need with examples that that's that like that, that's like my crown jewel. That's where I'm pushing my friends to. Um, if, if they have any questions about it, um, and just, if you don't mind me asking, like some of the, if I talk about some of my numbers, just how crazy some of these numbers are. So like yeah, I'd love to when, hear when I, when I, bro- when I built my first a frame, I, I, the loan for that was about $220,000, uh-huh. um, and, or sorry, 200,000. And then we put another 20,000 into furnishings that cabin after all bills are paid, makes me about 50,000 a year. Um, after wow. all bills are paid. So like that, like I, I forgot how much money I had originally put in, but like my return on investment on that property with the, this was without partners. This was just starting my first one. Yeah. Um, my return on investment, my ROI on that property has been like about 130% a year, which, which at that point I look at it as like an infinite, like an infinite return. Yeah, you just don't find Cause that. I got my money back in the first six months of doing that. So that that's, that's how powerful this like, the course, what the course teaches and what this strategy is. Oh yeah. Um, and I was like, let me, let me hop on a, a veteran podcast. Cause all my friends are veterans. And yeah. that's, that's what they're asking me about. That's awesome. So, and you said, yeah. what's the YouTube channel? Where's your YouTube channel? Uh, Alex builds A L E X. And then just builds. Alex yeah. builds. Okay. All right. And a lot yeah. of stuff's on there too. Yeah. A lot of stuff's on there, but it, it doesn't go as in depth um, as what the course does. Uh huh. So yeah. How many, uh, get those, some other numbers at us. Like how many units you got now and when where are you at? Yeah. Right now we're, we're about to put 12 on like 12 on. And then I've been managing anywhere between 10 to 15 at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, originally I was managing other people's properties with like COVID, uh, but what, sorry, uh-huh. before COVID. And then once COVID happened, people, the owners decided to sell their properties because their, their property values ballooned to sure. a crazy number, which I completely understand. Um, so I just, um, I was, I was already developing while I was managing those, but I, I put all my effort into developing the last like two years, no, four, four years, but the, all my effort in the last two years, literally right when COVID happened, it's been literally just capital raising and development and looking for land. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're putting up 12 in the next two months total. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll have 12 in the next two months. You know, sometimes um, new entrepreneurial folks, they, they want to do everything themselves and keep everything to themselves. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like for you to bring investors into the game and granted your percentage on each deal might be way lower than keeping hundred yeah. percent for yourself, but ultimately that's how you build wealth. Yeah. So if I, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so if, if I would have tried to do it myself and again, I played with that idea, um, I probably would have three cabins right now. Three. Yeah. Three. Um, after maybe five years of work. So those three cabins would probably have been worth, I, like my equity in them probably would have been worth like 200 grand or something over the course of five years, which sounds like a lot, but compared to what the number is now, um, most of my, my early joint ventures with my buddies, my military buddies, and some of the friends I, um, or some of the mentors I've learned from here where I live, um, some of those joint ventures were 50, 50 straight across the board. They get 50%. I get 50%. Um, and I, I ran with that joint venture model probably for like the up until recently. And I still do it with some of the larger projects if I can find an individual investor. But if you, if you count all the value of those 12 properties, um, which I'm a 50% owner in, like I have equity ownership, 50%, and then I get 50% of the net cash flow. So after all bills are paid, um, not including what the cash flow is going to make me yearly, just my equity in the properties is well over 2 million. Two to two, two and a half million after all those properties are fully built. That's awesome. Um, so that's the difference. It's it's literally 10x, practically 10x. Um, and that's yeah. not so like those cabins would comfortably make me about 120,000 a year. Again, I'm still playing with some pretty big numbers here. Those three cabins would probably make me anywhere between 100,000 to 120,000 a year. But now with those 12 cabins with having partners and I gave up 50% ownership, um, I'm probably going to be making like my business, not me, but like what the business net brings in properties to me is probably going to be about half a million a year. That's half awesome. a million to maybe 600,000 a year. Yeah. yeah. Makes it, makes it real obvious what the, what the correct answer is. And yeah, right. And it's like what I, what, what, what guys will realize girls, whoever's watching this is you'll reach a point where you can't guarantee any loans under your name either. So my mm -hmm. investors come in as co-borrowers with me, which uh -huh. we, we use their, we use their balance sheet to help us qualify for the loans. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that's put up front. So the, yeah, no, I'm, I, I have a one-on-one -on -one mentor now that helps me with some stuff, but um, that was the biggest thing to get over as well. So I'm happy that we're talking about that is the, mm -hmm. the fact that, like, oh, I, why would I give up 50%? I mean, some, what a deal I'm working on right now, I only have 25% ownership in, but it's a, it's a $4 million deal. So it's like, yeah, that's million dollars right there. So, right. Yeah. yeah there's, yeah, especially within, in the real estate game, but, but in a lot of other business opportunities, we coming out of the military, we, we don't have a very good mindset about money necessarily because we haven't played with it enough. Yeah, absolutely. The fact is there's a lot of money out there. There's people with lots of money and they want to do something with their money. And there's more money out there than good deals. Oh, what yeah. I said. oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. So if you've got a good deal and you know what you're doing, you can find money to fund the deal. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it may you know, not be easy in the beginning, but you'll eventually develop those contacts. You can always find money. You just got to go find the deals. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I'm, I'm forever indebted to like my early investors, my, my, 
couple military buddies that were actually really good with money that saved a hundred thousand, 150,000 in their couple of enlistments. Um, I'm forever indebted to those guys. Cause I mean, you, I made so many mistakes that's covered in the course, but like I made so many mistakes starting that I felt like if I was with like normal investors that I probably there, it would have been a little bit rockier than handling with like friends that didn't necessarily knew what was going on, mm-hmm. but I'm forever indebted for the, to those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Hey, we're getting close to the end of our time. Um, so definitely ch- check out alexjarbo.com and Alex builds on YouTube. Um, if you want to check out his course and information, uh, do you want to give you the last word? So if you, if you go, if you go back and talk to Lance Corporal Jarbo several years ago about what, what it's like getting out of the military and getting into entrepreneurship, what kind of advice would you have for him? Just educate yourself. Like, I'm a, like, I've got over five, 600 books behind me. Just, just read, educate. And if you're a slow reader, I'm a terrible reader. And I've, I've, I've met some guys in the military that aren't really great readers. I listen to all my books. Yeah. I listen to all my Absolutely. books. And then I, if it's a good, it, it, once I finish the book, I purchase it and I use it as a, I use it as reference material. Um, awesome. so I would just say, educate yourself. If you, if you don't want books, hop onto YouTube. Um, if, and, and if YouTube is too slow, just purchase a course, purchase a thousand dollar course, like that thousand dollar course. I've, I've probably purchased anywhere between like 20 or $30,000 worth of courses at this point, mm-hmm. because when you purchase a course, it's going to put you like you guys are, if anyone purchases that course, you're going to, you're going to be five years ahead of where I was when I first started. Cause you're going to get five years of experience. If you purchase a different course from someone else, like in terms of whatever you're trying to get into, um, some of those guys have 20, 30 years of experience that they've put into a book, put into mm-hmm. a course. You're getting that experience in this book, in this course that you can watch in a week or something. Yeah. So that's what I mean. It's like, you guys don't realize people don't realize when they're getting out. Lance Corporal doesn't realize when they're getting out or whatever. And they're in the military. Like you do have your mentors there. You're, you're met. You're a lot of times you lean on your mentors for their experience. Even if it's through the crazy stories they tell or blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You don't have that when you get out. I look at the authors of the books that I listen to as my mentors. Oh yeah. So that, that, yeah. that, that would be my final word to that is just educate yourself. And I've, I've bought a number of courses over the years too. Sometimes if you spend a thousand bucks on a course and you're like, yeah, I don't, uh, I'm not doing that. You might, Oh, I wasted a thousand bucks. No, actually you still saved yourself a lot of money. Cause if you'd gone into it without, Ima- imagine if you went into that like, business. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going into that now, now that I know about it. So you saved yourself yeah. the trouble. I mean, even if you, so you it's not always a grand, a you spent a grand to save like four years of your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. I've, yeah, I've never actually thought about it like that. I yeah. hadn't even really thought of it either, but listening to you talk, I'm like, you know, I've bought a number of them myself and a lot of them, I didn't do anything with them, but that's not a fail. It's, it showed me that that's not what I want to do. So um, yeah, and it only takes one of those, like the, the one course that I had bought on short term rental stuff, which is actually funny because I'm a coach for that program now, like a part-time coach for that program. Uh-huh. Um, that course, I mean, has made me a millionaire, like in four years, it made me a millionaire and it only cost a grand. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, Hey Alex, uh, thanks for sharing your, uh, wisdom and, and, uh, points of advice and, uh, and awesome stories, man. Um, look forward to seeing your future success out there and uh, maybe here when you get closer to that, those 650 units, we'll try to have you, have you back on the podcast and oh, absolutely, check back sir. in for an update. Yeah, absolutely. No, I All appreciate right. you having me on. You bet. All right. These two Marines are Oscar Mike. 
Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.